all the time required to recognize the creative energy of Susan Moses. Big hair, big purse, and big generous smile all into the room with her, anchored by two decades of fashion experience steeped in the culture from the Hollywood big screen to high-end Soho boutiques and through her work on more than 50 music videos and numerous ad campaigns. If, like other professions, letters were placed behind one's name, Susan's business card would be filled with overflowing. Throughout her admirable career, Susan has been led has been called visual merchandiser, dresser, model, stylist, editor, blogger, and spokesperson. It's a career that best describes as epic, and it's still growing. Me, Susan Moses. March 1st through 4th, and again, we have an amazing speaker. She is Susan Moses, celebrity stylist, author, fashionista extraordinaire, and a wealth of information. How are you doing, Susan? I'm good, and thanks for having me. Thank you for taking time out. You're a busy lady. Hey, I'm I'm glad we finally got you in one place. (laughs) (laughs) So for those that don't know you, tell them a little bit about you, your background, and then we'll kind of go from there. Oh, you have, how many hours do you have? (laughs) I am a celebrity stylist and author, and um, I have an extensive, uh, I've had a long journey, I should say, as a stylist. Um, I started in fashion and then I worked for many years with different artists in music um, from R&B singer Brandy, Britney Spears, um, the original Destiny's Child, mm-hmm. Keith Wet, Mace. I mean, I can go on and on with the music, but I've got, I got, I, um, I worked a lot in music. It was so much fun back in the 90s, especially. That's yeah, when the music good times. was really good. Yeah, mm-hmm. those were good times. And then in the midst of all that, I found my lane and started working with women with curves. Oh, okay. And um, uh, so it's, it's been quite a journey, Gigi. It's been quite a journey. Awesome. So you've worked in fashion and advertising, like you said, film and publishing. Um, you have an amazing book. You've been a brand ambassador. So what advice would you give Styles today? Because so many women or women who may be watching this um, and do they may thought about tickling with the idea don't really know what a stylist does somewhat. Um, it's mm-hmm. not an easy journey. I imagine it's built amazingly on relationships. So we'll talk about that. But mm-hmm. give them an idea, what does a stylist do? You know what? There are, so, there are different types of stylists. Okay. That, you know, because there are specialties. You know, there are okay. people who, who work with women um, on a private level. You know, executive women who don't have time to shop. Then okay. there are women who... You know, because some of those women need styling. They have different events to go to. They don't have time to go into a store. I mean, there are people who style for, like back in the days, we called it, um, uh, what do you call, uh, when you got those books in the mail. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And you just worked with models on set. And that was more of, of, uh, you worked with different um, companies, like say Sears back in the catalog is the word I was looking for. Right. Did styling for catalogs, which really don't exist like they used to. Now it's more e-commerce that has mm-hmm. taken the place of catalogs. Then there are people who work in, in just advertisement. I know people who made their whole career on commercial, commercial advertising. And there are others who, like myself, who work with celebrities, advertisement, who work mm-hmm. in film. Um, they're div- like I said, there are different levels. Well, I had no idea. I'm glad you kind of broke that out because I don't think many people 
thought about all the different levels. Cause I think when they think stylist, they think of just celebrity. But like you said, there are women um, who need personal shoppers and styles and men, right? And especially men. men. Um, yeah. So that's interesting. So what are the most important, what are some of the skills that a stylist must have? Um, you know, to be a great stylist, you have to be a good listener mm. because you have to listen to the clients. And in terms of if you're doing advertisement, you're listening to the advertiser, you're listening to art directors, you're listening to uh, what the, the, the product managers. So you have to be a great listener. You mm -hmm. have to be well organized because mm -hmm. a lot of times you're asked to put together a budget. Um, when you're pulling different products from stores or you're borrowing things or you're making purchases, you have to keep, you have to keep all of that together and know where each piece came from because right. a lot of times you have to do returns. And so, <laughs> organizer, you also have to be one that can delegate the job because okay. normally you have at least one or two assistants working with you. And if it's a really big job, I've had like seven and eight assistants working with me. So you have to know how to, uh, you know, delegate and make sure and let people do the job, right. train your assistants well, mm -hmm. um, and let them do the job. So you have organization is big as a stylist. It's, it's very laborious. Mm -hmm. um, I suggest you eat breakfast in the morning. <laughs> um, don't expect your day to be the same hours every day. Um, okay. There were times, like when I was really going hard as a stylist, I would start my day in New York with press junkets with clients at four in the morning and wow. end up in LA at two or three o'clock in the morning at a party in LA. Oh so I would God. have a 24 hour day. Oh my God. Up next day and do the same thing if the client was doing a press junket or something like that so it's organization and also be nice be kind yes you know behave yourself <laughs> because right. it's it's an industry that's really based on relationships right on relationships. i think it's a it's heavily based on relationships yeah, probably one of the few that we are. so yeah. tell me something um you know now that we're in the digital age um are portfolios still important have they turned more to digital portfolios or still with, yeah. you know, uh, versus think, you carrying your, your book around? <laughs> it's important mainly to have either a digital portfolio or a website. Okay. Or a website. You that need, shows your you work. You need some point of reference where a client can go and say, okay, this is, this is the kind of work I'm looking for. This, this stylist has great work, you know, has quite a resume here. And I would suggest you have either or have both. Like I have a website. With a lot of my work is on the website. My bio is on the website. Okay. Um, different causes that I'm involved in. And all my press is also on my website at SusanMoses.com. So tell me something. So we know you, you have an amazing career. How did you get started in this? Uh, were you, when you were young or whatever, did you say, did you kind of fall into it? Um, you know, was it purposeful? You know, or did it kind of just came together? You know, it's interesting. When I was a kid, there were two things that I, when I look back, I really, really loved. I had a crazy imagination and mm -hmm. I loved dolls. I could play with dolls all day long and dress them up, style them. That okay. was my, I had every Barbie under the sun. It was like, it was ridiculous. And the other thing I loved, I loved film. I would, as a teenager, really? I could sit in the movies all day and watch the whole thing over and over and uh, deconstruct what the actors were wearing. Oh. That was a hobby of mine. I, I love film. I still do. I still watch it. Beautiful films. I, I love it. And um, 
I think that had a lot to do with mm -hmm. why I do what I do. And I went to school of all things. Then I decided I want to be this international lawyer. So I went to John. <laughs> really? <Jones>. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Because I like, I like a good argument, a good legal <laughs> argument. I love politics. Okay. And um, I decided I was going to go to John Jay College of Criminal Justice. Uh-huh. And while at John Jay, I did a little plus modeling because I was mm -hmm. never a small girl. I did a little plus size modeling and I started working on 7th Avenue, working in the whole fashion circle before oh. 7th on 6th was under the tents. Uh -huh. I was working with, you know, doing a little production here and there, right. helping models get dressed. I mean, I had the pleasure of working with uh, Iman back in the days and wow. Naomi Campbell when she was like 15 years old at a show. So that's where I kind of got that taste of fashion. And I remember uh, being at like Karl Lagerfeld's first, first show in the United States and wow. like really being smitten and watching uh, Beverly Johnson get her makeup done. Ooh. I was just sort of like, I was just swooning over the whole process because it's so exciting. Right. Watching women come in with no makeup and then boom, voila, and all this fashion. It was like, mm -hmm. wow. Um, so one of the shows, they for some reason, they would give me the most difficult models to dress. Really? So, yes, and I would make the girls laugh because I was like, is it? I mean, who can be difficult when you get hair and makeup and all this zhuzh? Right. Like, so I, um, it was one of the, uh, uh, the vice president of Caroline Rome, who was a major American couturier, mm -hmm. uh, was watching how I work with them seasonally. Mm -hmm. And he was like, you know, we could use your help in the showroom. Ah. And I said, well, I'm still in, the sc in school. He said, well, during marketing week, we need help. So I'm going to give you a call. And he did. Mm -hmm. And I mean, the staff at Caroline Rome, the vice president and the president, who are very steeped in Seventh Avenue, very knowledgeable. Mm -hmm. They taught me so much. Um, well, they tried to get me to work full time. Yeah, it was. It was. I mean, I I look back and go, wow, why did that happen to me? <laughs> um, I started working with them every season for spring and for um, fall season. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I met all of the socialites. I knew all of the Park Avenue socialites and the ladies at lunch. Um, Caroline Rome, her work was amazing. It was beautiful. She uh, had worked with, um, I think it was Oscar de la Renta. Her mm. sketches, everything was just, it was amazing. And um, they taught me a lot. And, you know, between working, I was like in between two worlds. I was doing internships in, uh -huh. in the criminal justice system in downtown New York. <laughs> two different worlds. <laughs> which was horrible and ugly and miserable. And then I would go uptown to 557th <laughs> Avenue to Caroline Rome's showroom. How crazy is that? Yeah, and, yeah that's um, crazy. It was my last, it was my last year in school. I had eight credits to go and my oh. mother kept talking about how exciting I was gonna graduate. And I'm sitting in class taking my finals and I looked around the room and I said, you're not gonna do this. Who are you fooling? <laughs> Who are you fooling? And I gave the professor my papers and I said, I'll see you around sometime. And I never looked back. <laughs> How crazy is that? What did your mother say? <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> I mean, that was not a very nice conversation. <laughs> it, was a, it was a very difficult conversation. But when it, she, it took her a long time to get over that. But the one thing about me, I always had great work ethic, which was a product of her upbringing, of her, yes. her raising. Um, right. I always worked, no matter what. I didn't know where I was going, what I was doing, but I knew I wanted to be in fashion.
And um, the day she understood that was the first day I was working. Um, I was at the Oscars working with Kathy Bates and Queen Latifah. That's uh-huh. when she finally got it. And she's like, oh, okay. This, this is good. Now I understand. <laughs> That's amazing. So as you mentioned, styling has so many lanes. How did you know that styling curves, yes, you were a curvy woman, but how mm-hmm. did you know that styling curves was your, like you, that was the passion. That's what you wanted to do to make all these beautiful curvy women, even more beautiful with clothing, the right clothing and the right outfits. You know, Gigi, I had um, spent a lot of time working with the teenage girls um, early in my career and a lot of young artists. And they, you know, being a teenager is hard to be on the world stage and you're young, your body is going through changes and, you know, you're not so sure all the time about yourself and there are all these demands on you. Um, And in the midst of that, I, I can't remember who I ran into and she had a copy of Mode Magazine. Ah. um, Before that, I was working with Brandy and Brandy had done the remix actually of her song, I Want to Be Down. Mm-hmm. And it was Queen Latifah, MC Light, and Yo-Yo. And I styled Yes, I remember that very well. I styled that video. And, oh, my God. Um, yeah, it was the first time I met Queen. And I was like, wow, you know, because she's stunning. Um, but uh, I think it was, it was all during that time. It was in the 90s that Mode emerged, Mode Magazine. Right. Yep, I remember. And I can't remember who showed me the magazine. And I said, oh, my God, I have to be a part of this. Mm-hmm. Because I don't get a chance to work with women that look like me. Right. Um, yeah, that's so true. I got in contact with them and um, I started doing a shoot here and there and then I became a regular contributor. And it was just something very special about um, dressing women that um, look like me and had the same issues. In, and in, in essence, all women, what I learned is all women have mm-hmm. some kind of issue that they need to work with. And I thought about even the women who everybody consider are the world's most beautiful women, mm-hmm. um, when I would work on 7th Avenue getting them dressed, how they had all these issues. And, right. you know, talking about, you know, I'm going to have my breasts done during holiday and, you know, I'm going to have liposuction. So it's all of these issues. Yeah. I said, hey, we, we, we got to do better by ourselves, you know? I don't care what size you are. It, you, you hear it all over. You just, you hear it all over. And I said, you know what? My mission is going to be to make women uh, be more accepting of themselves and mm-hmm. especially women who are curvy because we, we see her the least. Even yes. in media, we, only 2% of women are represented in media that are above a size 14. So That's we still have a ways to go and a lot of work to do. Yes, we do. Yeah. So speaking of styles, because the question is, you know, we all love to do our passion, but mm-hmm. sometimes our passion doesn't always pay. <laughs> <laughs> How do stylists ensure payment for their services? Because you, you have a lot of moving parts. You have, may have this client here. How do you keep all that together and manage the, the, the payment? You know, because this is your life. This is mm-hmm. how you make your money. I start every job with a deal memo, okay. with all the points. You know, okay. what the budget is going to be, what the um, pay, how many days it's going to take. Everything, every detail of the job is broken down into a memo and once it's approved the invoice is sent and generally there's a yeah here we go you have to have a strong paper trail and everybody has to sign off on it before Mm -hmm. i walk out the door that that's how you keep in in in, you know keep all of that intact and And generally it works 
And probably because that law has something to do with it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And New York now has laws that protect freelance workers. They exactly. Governor Cuomo. Yeah. He passed some laws to protect freelance workers, but you have to have a, um, a strong paper trail. And, and also I think that it's important that even if you can't keep uh, track of all that, get an administrative assistant, mm-hmm. you know, instead of, you know, having an entourage of fabulous people, you know, twirling around you, have an administrative because <laughs> that's important. It's really important to help keep your paperwork together. Right. So let's move on. I want to kind of refocus because I really want to talk about your book, uh-huh. The Art of Curves. Um, has, has it been two years now? Uh, yes, almost. Almost, almost two years. April will be two years, my baby. So tell us about the art of curves, and I also want to ask after you tell us about how long did it take you to write it? Um, it's the art of dressing curves. The art of dressing the curves. The best kept secrets of a fashion stylist. You know, Gigi, I always knew I was going to be an author because one of my other passions is I love to read. Okay. I'm an avid reader, books, magazines. I have a library here at home. I love to read. Have tons of coffee table books. So mm-hmm. I knew that was in my future, and. I knew I had something to say and um, definitely people had told me that, you know, no one will ever do that book with you because I wanted to do a book that was not only informational, but I wanted it to be beautiful. And I wanted it to be a chock full of beautiful images of curvy women. Um, It took me a year to write. I did nothing else. I couldn't go outside to play. Um, (laughs) There were times I wanted to jump out the window, but I live on the first floor. So that would (laughs) have I had a, an editor that was, oh my God, she was really, really tough. And, but thank God I had a wonderful co-author mm-hmm. and um, it was tough, but it was, you know, it, it was tough, but it was worth it. I consider it one of my greatest accomplishments in my career. And it's been well-received. It's available on Amazon and bookstores. Yeah. It, it is wow. so worldwide in all languages and it's Love done very it. well. Yes. Very and, good. Um, yeah. Published by HarperCollins. So do you think you'll do another book in the future? Maybe your memoirs? (laughs) That would be a a juicy day. Oh, my God. I'll have to be in my grave. The memoirs. (laughs) Well, you you know, change the names to protect the innocent. (laughs) Exactly. I think if I ever did another book, I think it would have to do with bridal. Because there's something about getting married that I just absolutely love. And... I am, um, I'm entering, this is the 20th year of my own wedding anniversary. Yay, congratulations. And I'm really Thank you. So I think I would, I would do something um, that has to do with bridal. I just guest edited uh, World, Bride Mag- World Bride Magazine. Yes, the guest saw that. So um, if you're watching, pick it up. It's, it's really beautiful. Lyra's Cross is on yes. the cover. Yes, yes. I saw it. It's a beautiful cover. I love it. Yeah. Oh, the inside is amazing. So would you say that's probably one of your greatest success of your career? The book, getting that done and having it so worldwide in different languages? I think that's one of my greatest successes. And also it's all the relationships that I've made. I have, I have um, made some wonderful relationships. Um, I have friends all over the world. And um, it's funny, when I was a kid coming up, I had an experience with a teacher who was not very nice to me. And mm. she told me, she told one of my other friends, and I talk about this in the book, in my, um, 
in the in the intro in the in the um opening of the book mm-hmm. uh, that you know this teacher told my friend that if I didn't lose weight I would ha- wouldn't have any friends uh, and I often uh wow of course my mother wanted to kill her but right. I often think about that and I laugh because I have friends all over the world well yeah that's another one of my greatest accomplishments is so Tell what does the rest of 2018 hold? Are you working on any projects that you can share? Um, what does the rest of the year hold for you? And, or where do you, what is one of your biggest dreams? Like, what do you want to do that you haven't done? Um, I think it, I would love to, I love producing big, um, I love big productions. And um, I had one production at the United Nations. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was my Empowering Women's Summit. Yeah, and um, that was amazing. And uh, Lane Bryant partnered m- with me on that. And um, I also uh, I just did the business of curves with Supermodel yes. and yes, let's and talk Kat about that a little here. bit because I thought it, I loved it because it, first of all it was live stream, so even if you weren't local, you can go. But it was so informative. It had the fashion. How did all that come together? Well, every year the dean of business at um, at uh, FIT has Mm -hmm. the Dean's Forum, which is a real prestigious event. And um, he met with Emmy and Catherine and I, and Catherine really set it up because she teaches at FIT. She's a teacher there. And um, one of the professors, I should roll back a little bit. One of the professors, uh, Professor Beard, she had come to my event at the United Nations. And she was so impressed. She said, it's time for FIT to make some changes in regards to teaching uh, design for larger women, because that's an issue in this country. They're not teaching, you know, they're not teaching proper sizing right now. What they're using for sizing, they've been teaching that since the 50s, like since before uh, World War II. It's It's still using the same. It hasn't changed. (laughs) It has not changed. So we went and we met uh, with Dean Frumpkin, Mm-hmm. And um, I took him a copy of my book and we started telling him about the statistics and what's going on. And he was literally blown away and looked at us and said, would you like to host my next Dean's Forum? And we were like, huh, us? <laughs> because, I mean, he's had- well, who else? Who, who better than not to I know, but when you, when you look in his office and these large images up of Kenneth Cole and Calvin Klein and Tommy Hilfiger and- I mean, it's just, a, a, it's so many incredible designers and people in the industry. We knew it would be an incredible honor. And mm-hmm. um, it was well received. At one point, we had over 12,000 people watching the business of Curves for at least 30 minutes. Awesome. So it was very successful. We have, we have uh, started, they have an internship program in place. Do but that. what we've done is we've helped them expand it. And now their students are getting um, a firsthand experience working with cus- with uh, companies that design for curves. Mm-hmm. I'm also happy to say that um, they are working on expanding their curriculum to teach the students to design for curves. That should, hopefully, they, that may be ready by the fall of 2018. And I bet I know whose book they'll be using. Yeah, <laughs> oh yeah. And as you know, that moves a little slow because academia moves a bit slow, but they are working on it. We've had several meetings. So right. that was really, really exciting. and. For me right now, it's about monumental change, like real change that we can see and that, you know, that's part of, that's part of my legacy. You know, it will be about really, real fundamental change. Yeah. 
I love it. I love it. So if you had any closing words for the women or men that are watching our summit, because we're not just, yes, it's the plus size virtual summit, but anyone can watch it. What would it be? Would, uh, what would be your, some words of encouragement or whether it's following your dream? Because you followed your passion. You were just about finished law school. I mean, <laughs> eight credits is, is like yeah. Pretty much. Well, I, w- I was going to go to law school after finishing right. John Jay. What was the plan? But you were like, okay, I'm, I'm out. You know. Yeah. So um, what would you say to one of our, our young people who are, you know, trying to decide what to do with their lives? I think that first of all, you have to please finish high school at least. Yes. <laughs> young people, please at least finish high school. Um, and. You know, I'm, I've always been a different kind of spirit. Like I've always done what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I've always been that kind of person. No one could tell me what I can't do. Mm-hmm. If I feel it in my gut, I'm going to do it. And I might be scared as hell, but mm-hmm. you won't know it. Because right. I'm just going to do it. But I also think you have to prepare. Preparation is so important. And I'm talking about reading, studying, even, even when you don't know what you're doing, Mm-hmm. prepare work in that field i worked in every aspect of fashion i worked in retail um i even worked for a company that did retouching wow um, i worked in the showrooms and i assisted a lot of people you have to humble yourself you gotta walk before you can run yes. you know you gotta take the stairs learn as whatever it is you want to do learn right. as much and seek out the people that do it already Ask yeah. them for help. Yeah, because I you know missing nowadays because we're such in that microwave society. Yes. You know, you think you could put it on Instagram and you're a star and it's just not that way. And we have to show them younger people, you have to research, you have to learn, you have to, mm-hmm. and building relationships and not just yeah. online, but, you know, pick up the phone and when you see someone, have a conversation. How can I be of service? And exactly. humble yourself. Yeah. And remember Insta, Insta. <laughs> you want yeah. longevity. You don't want an Insta career either. You know, <laughs> I like that. That may, some. that may work for some. That may work for a handful, mm-hmm. but that's not going to work for everybody. Right. You know, and not don't be longevity. Afraid. Yeah. Let your fear fuel the fire and the passion that's going to take you to your destiny. That's what you have to do. And don't do it for the money. It's not about the money. Mm-hmm. I never thought about the money, I never, you know, I never even thought about the celebrities. I still don't in that right. way. Mm-hmm. That's like, ooh, ah, goo goo gaga. Because right. they're people. They're yeah. people. Yeah. yeah. You know, and if, if you want to go into any aspect of the entertainment industry, as far as styling or any, anything in that realm on, the, on a high level, just remember that it's a business. You yes. know, people are not your friends. Right. <laughs> they may come, you might pick up a few friends here and there. But treat it as a business and be professional. Right. Well, thank you really so much. Oh, I'm so excited that we have you. And again, um, this is Susan Moses, and she is a wealth of information. Please share this with anyone you know, and definitely pick up her book. It's available everywhere. Um, I think you'll learn a lot about her. I didn't even know all of the things she talked about. Talk about from humble beginnings. That's amazing. <laughs> And just yeah. work and and let us know you're still working to this day. Still working, it's still, still working, planning, and um, 
some exciting things are coming uh, that I can't get into right now, but it, it's exciting. But I think I think television will be my next. Um, uh oh, okay. I think but that's what you can do. Um, you can keep in touch with Susan. All her information is here on the page. All her social media, her website. Get on her mailing list so you can find out what she has coming up. I know it's going to be fabulous. And I want to thank you for joining us on the Plus Size Virtual Summit. Remember, everyone, we're here from March 1st to March 4th. Please join us and share it. Thank you again, Susan. We loved having you. Thank you. Take care. Okay. Bye.